Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. What is up? Field Street Forum Radio is on the air. It is Wednesday, May the 27th. Of course, it's time for Field Street Forum Radio. Your host, The Real Dre. How was everyone's Memorial Day? Hope everybody had a great weekend. Hope we all remembered why we had Memorial Day. Make sure we thanked any and all service members, both serving and unfortunately having passed to give us the honor to, to be able to celebrate. Uh, we all had a, a great weekend. Hopefully my boy Mike Brooks had a good Memorial Day weekend as well. I ate too much. <laughs> <laughs> ate too much and hopefully didn't drink too much anyway. Of course not. <laughs> just just a, just the right Never. amount. <laughs> <laughs> would never do such a thing. Uh yeah, man, it was good. It was good. Spent a little time with the family. We we tried to go to the pool, but we got rained on pretty good, so that didn't work out. But oh yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah. Definitely enjoy the weekend. Um, however, what was you know the world of sports and and recruiting continues, whether it's a holiday or not. So. Any big time news that you maybe caught your eye there, Brooks? Over this past mm-hmm. I don't know, brother. Um, or did we it got all coming all of us or not? But I hadn't hadn't kept up with too too much this week. It's uh, you know been a little bit quiet. We had some, I guess, some uh, guys we we think are just as close as it can possibly get to committing without without doing so. So, you know, right. just it seems like we're just constantly on commit watch right now. Um you know, the our main guys, our top targets we you know, we lead for, so it shouldn't you know, it's really just wait and see at this point in time. Um, but nothing yeah. really major breaking, anything like that. Yeah, I think kind of what got everybody's attention maybe wasn't over the weekend, but I guess just today would Twenty, I guess, was it twenty four seven? Had the interview with Derek Brooke, quick video with Derek Brooke, Derek Brown. Sorry, um, I, I mean, all of our opponents are reading a lot into it, and I think all the Dog Nation is reading a lot into it as well. It's just, I don't think a whole lot has really changed in the grand scheme of things. It's just a matter of, <laughs> I mean, they can read into it what they want, but. Yeah. Bottom line is Derek Brown's coming to Georgia. Period. Right. He knows it. We know it. Everybody knows it. Um, I think the timing of it's kind of interesting. After we had that, excuse my French, the jackass fan the other was it yesterday, getting on Twitter and you know, kind of ribbing him a little bit. Um, 
What was that all about? Did you, did you see it, Mike? Because I, I, I didn't go back and, and look it up or anything, but what what in the hell is, is a Georgia fan doing ragging on Derek Brown, for God's sake? Well, I don't know. I don't know. The guy just apparently got just one of those that took it a little too far, if you will. Um, just I don't, I don't remember the exact words, but it was not – I mean, you just shake your head, and that's all you can do. Um, I mean, the, the kid has basically said Georgia was his leader. That's all I've seen or heard up to, you know, yesterday or today, I guess. But he's, like I said, he says Georgia's still at the top, but it's just mm-hmm. not. I think he's kind of not one to say that he has a definitive leader right now. But what in the world could a Georgia fan want him to do to – just because he didn't commit? I mean, is that was that the whole... Nah, that's basically the gist of it. That's oh, yeah. basically the gist of it. Yep. It is. It is. But I don't know. We'll see. I mean, the, the, I think we, uh, we're in for a few special, special weeks on the recruiting trail, and it's just, you know, just starting to heat up. So we'll oh, yeah. see. Of course, when is, uh, when is dog night? Is that in July, right? Or is it June? Mm, I think it's the end of June, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Could be wrong on that. But, yeah, there's been talk that we're possibly kind of telling some guys to kind of maybe hold off a little bit till till dog night to kind of make it a little bit more special. And, you know, I think I said last week, you know, how do you follow up a dog night like last year with – one like this year, I mean, Jesus Christ, it, it, it would have to be, you know, the most epic dog night of all times if it if it were to somehow top last year. But it's uh, definitely something to be looking forward to. I think uh, I think we got a couple that are kind of on the fence right now that you know just that just might set them over the top. So mm. I mean, it's, and, we could name five or six right now. It just could could go at any time right well and in today's day and age of recruiting it's all a matter of perception i mean you want the media to come out you know if if you have if georgia would have had some of these kids commit you know maybe one one or two over the last few months you know each, each coming in that that thought process would kind of you know while it still be awesome having those kids committed you know, it wouldn't maybe not have that huge pop that if they could get, say, three or four to commit all in one night, mm-hmm. that's going to grab a lot of attention. It's going to grab a lot of other recruits' attention to say either, hey, something's going on big time in Athens, or, hey, I better get off my ass and go ahead and, and claim my spot in Athens if that's where I truly want to be. Exactly. Exactly, brother. That's a good thing. It's just you, you got to think this coaching staff has got something up their sleeve. Um, they hadn't let us down yet, that's for sure. <laughs> no, uh, no, 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 no. We, uh, I think we're in store for, uh, for for some really, really exciting next few weeks. Um, just anything could happen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, you want to go over the article on twenty four seven with Derek Brown? Uh, basically. 
boils down to, he says, I don't really have an overall favorite. I just want to be able to step back and take a look at all the schools. And and with having a favorite, I do not feel like I would be able to give every school a fair opportunity. Uh, let's see, blah, blah, blah. It's very, very polite to say. Right. That is not to say <laughs> the Bulldogs have dropped the number one prospect in Georgia, or dropped for the number one prospect in Georgia. He said they're still at the top for sure. Mm-hmm. Along with Auburn, Alabama, and Tennessee, those are the main four I'm looking into. I will definitely make some visits this summer and discuss them with my parents. Um, strong bond with the coaching staff, he says. Definitely up there at the top because I've built such a strong relation or great relationship with Tracy Rocker and Jeremy Pruitt. Just being able to talk to those coaches and have them to rely on when I'm going for to a place for four years is a good thing. And he oh, also yeah. mentions the you know Terry Business School wants to major in marketing, big part of his academics. So that's a huge uh, that's a huge boost for Georgia to have that kind of a business program for him to to look into. If that, and that's what if that's what he wants to to head into. And he exactly. also uh, you know a lot of people were thinking he was going to wait till signing day, but he comes out and says. Looks like, you know, could be a good chance he, he'll do it at an all-star game, which I kind of think is interesting to hear, and said, or after the football season. So, like I said, there's not, like I said, a lot of people are reading into it what they want. I don't necessarily see a huge shift in his in his thought process with it, to be honest. I mean, if if... if Georgia was not his quote-unquote leader to begin with. Georgia fans would be going out of their minds right now <laughs> with him saying they are at the top for sure. Uh, talking about the great relationships with Tracy Rocker and Jeremy Pruitt and a great business school to boot. So, I mean, like I said, Georgia fans would be going out of their mind if this was his first indication of, of what he, who his leaders are. No doubt, no doubt, man. Um, yeah, I mean, the kid's going to play it smart. He's He seems like a very, very bright kid, and, you know, he's going to take his time. He, I don't know how much how much time, but he's going to he's going to make a smart decision, and right. just the type that he's just the type of kid that you just got to trust is is you know going to do what we feel is the right thing. Um, I mean, that's really all you could say about it, but. I, I, I can't say enough about Tracy Rocker and the job that he has done for us over the oh, past yeah. two years. It is just, I mean, it's incredible. The it was a picture that on the board, I guess today, and I think Jason used it in one of the articles, but had Rocker and the, had the big four defensive linemen for this class was just was just golden. Um, but the the man is if there was one knock on him when he came in was you know can he recruit and I mean good lord I think that that question's been <laughs> put to bed pretty quick no doubt I'll uh I'll go ahead and tweet that picture out that post out in a second um, reason I, I mentioned that about um, I thought it was interesting that he said he may announce at the All-Star game. What, what's what been the story here so much with the U.S. Army All-America game getting so many 
potential Georgia commits or either Georgia commits or potential Georgia certainly targets. Uh, is there, does that kind of lead to an indication that a lot of them are talking to try to get together and, and play in the same All-Star game altogether or what? Oh, of course. I mean, these kids, they go to the same camps all the time. They talk all the time. It's, you know, it's a big network with these guys. They're real close. Um, I think Jake Beeson committing to play in the All-Star game has a has a really big influence on a lot of these kids, um, which definitely helped. And then, you know, you, you kind of get the pride of the, of the Georgia group going up there and kind of putting on a show for – for everybody one last time is uh it's appealing um i'm also you know you can kind of see the the hype kind of in in our eyes especially i guess the army game is it's right up there with the under armor game i mean it used to be used to be kind of the, the second tier if you will um and in recent years it's really kind of started to climb the ladder and i would even argue this year might even be the bigger the bigger all-star game, um, just the way it's shaking out now. So kids are, they're doing it for the right reasons and they're, you know, they want to, want to represent the troops and their country and having a Memorial Day and all that at the same time, I think also played a little bit of a role in it, but, um, it just seems like more and more kids are wanting to play in that game. And yeah, it's a good thing, especially if they're all from, uh, all from the state and are all Georgia leans, all, you know, I'll take it all day long, but it just it speaks to the speaks to how close these kids are and the bond that they have, no doubt. Mm-hmm. A lot of uh, a lot of kids are are really looking. Looks like they're going to be going in, especially with Eason having committed to the to the Georgia game or to the <laughs> to the Georgia game to the Army game. A lot of the wide receiver targets have kind of shifted their focus as well, and, and even switched from the Under Armour game to to the uh, to the Army game. Mm-hmm. And Demetrius oh, yeah. Robertson, I think, has been one. Um, Harden. Yeah, Harden. Harden did switch finally. Yeah, yeah. There's a uh, video on the blog, I think, where he uh, announced that's where he was going to play too. So. Right. You really, I mean, it's the top, top guys are all either switching to the Army game or deciding to play in the Army game this year. You know, I think in years past, it was more the, the Under Armour game which everybody kind of looked forward to, but this year is, uh, seems to be a little different. Yeah, no doubt. Um How about the... Uh, Athletic department. I know you're going there. Going with the uh, bringing out the new, new and improved budget there that they came out with. Is that what you mean? There you go. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, certainly welcome news. Here in the athletic Georgia athletic department. Let me let me pull up the article real quick. But they basically. Gave a huge boost to the uh, recruiting budget for the for the. I guess is it for athletics all all the way around, or is it just for football? Or yeah, football budget. No, just football, just the football budget. Yep. Um, yeah. Mark Weiser, Athens Banner Herald reports that the Georgia will increase its football 
budget from seventeen million two hundred seventy five two hundred seventy five thousand to twenty three million four hundred thirty four thousand. Yep. Tell me, man, you do that on top of an indoor practice facility that's going to cost, you know, close to $20 million, and then you increase right. the athletic budget on top of that? I mean, you, you mm-hmm. definitely, I don't know if you're, if the buzz around the program is creating, you know, some kind of an influx, if you will, of, of donor money or something like that, but. You know, definitely we've seen the changes as far as the way we go about things on the recruiting trail and kind of what we're telling kids and where the places that Georgia's going and this, that, and the other. But to see them back it up financially is, a, you know, that's a big step. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, uh, that was big news. Well, especially after considering all the talk that we had with how the J. Reed Parker director of athletics, Greg McGarity, would uh, kind of control the purse <laughs> strings quite a bit, you know? I mean, he, mm-hmm. he control it so much that it, it was almost like, I understand he's in control of the athletic department, but it's kind of like he was trying to almost bite the hand that, that feeds his program, you know, with, with, with the, being football. And, mm-hmm. uh, it's nice to see all that is a lot of that seems to have been taken care of. A lot of that seems to, you know, have opened things up. There's a much better, you know, you just feel like coach Rick has his program where he wants it to be right now and has the backing. Yep. That's, that's the important part. You cannot, you know, you can be like, well, I won't name names, but you can be like other programs and feel like you're, headed in the right direction, but it's it's a whole different level when you have the support financially of your institution. Oh, no you can doubt. do a you can do a whole lot more, you feel a whole lot better. It just makes it it makes the whole engine run smooth and it's it's something that we've obviously kind of lacked on in the past few years and past however many years you want to go back but um yeah i mean when you've got that you got that support just in, just like with anything any phase of life if you don't you know you're not really worrying about the uh the budget as much life's a little smoother so um great to see really is yeah no no doubt about it definitely seeing a transition to Playing, you know, with the with the people that you know, with the programs that are that are truly involved, truly into it, and we're not going to take a back seat to anybody anymore. Yep. Um, there you go. How about um, with with whoa? Uh, I saw something today too. Uh, somebody posted an article. Again, I guess it was 24-7, man. They were pumping out some articles today, um, as well as Jason, of course, on fieldstreetforum.com. He's been pumping them out lately, too. I don't know how the guy sleeps. <laughs> I don't know if he does. <laughs> I'll go to bed. That's, and probably, that's probably why he goes all ninja on us on the show. He just, he's, 
taking we'll be, a little cat nap from writing all these articles. <laughs> we'll be chatting like, you know, I usually go to bed around midnight, a little at between midnight and one. We'll be chatting on Facebook or something. And then when I wake up the next morning, I got like two or three more messages from him, from him asking about checking the board for this and <laughs> seeing if, seeing if the board's working right. <laughs> He's constantly working, man. Uh, it is, man. But, uh, yeah, the, the article about uh, Devin Bush, man, what, what's the story? He was, what, a Florida State commit at one time, right? And he opened it back up within the last couple of weeks. Uh, linebacker out of Florida. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we can read too, too much in him. Um, just, he's going to be a really – Tough, tough pull. Um, but the fact that he is planning not one, but possibly two visits to Georgia, you know, mm-hmm. definitely speaks that we're in it. I, I don't know if we can win it, but we're definitely in it with him. Um, but, yeah, that was interesting for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, he talked about uh, basically Georgia being in contention because of Coach Pruitt. Which I guess he'd already probably had already established he probably already established contact with the kid when he was at Alabama. <laughs> but he, um yeah, and Florida uh, State. Well, I know, but I mean no one no one it, he probably knew of the kid even back at, when he was back at Alabama, but oh, of course. Uh, but certainly when he was at FSU as defensive coordinator two years ago, uh made a good connection with the kid and, and now that Pruitt's at Georgia He's just continued that relationship with him, and and also Coach Eckler's been playing a big role in it as well. Which Eckler's kind of a little bit of an underrated guy when it comes to recruiting. It seems like, which you know, with all these other guys that that are on the Georgia staff, it's easy to see, you know, why that would happen. But Eckler is a hell of a recruiter in his own right. Oh yes, um, you got to contribute that to. Obviously, the guy's energy. The kids, I mean, they definitely feed off of it. Uh, but you know, anytime we, anytime there's a big linebacker in the country, and you get Mike Eckler around him, I mean, he's just the type of guy that you know football players want to be around. They really do. Um, and we've got a lot of those guys on our staff, but Eckler in particular is. I, mean, um, what, I always remember Eckler's comment about what was it wanted to have a I want trained assassin trained killers for my to be my linebackers. <laughs> yep. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But um he knows, yeah. he knows what he's doing, brother. He does. Yeah. But yeah, apparently Bush is wanting to come up for dog night and then probably when they uh also have the Alabama game as well he wants to visit again. So he says they're up he says Georgia's up there with F S U right now, so you know, that's all you can really ask for at this point. I agree. I do agree. I think it's a, definitely a long, 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 long shot with him, but uh, you never know. Mm-hmm. Right now, looking good. Yeah, how many uh, – when you talk about, you know, looking forward to – are you looking for anybody to commit – 
before dog night? Do you feel like they're going to go ahead and, and try to kind of, like we were talking about, kind of save it up? Or what, what, do you, what do you think the thought process is in Athens right now? I mean, like I said, it's, it's almost like being on commit watch daily. I mean, mm-hmm. you just, there, there's four or five of them that could literally go at any time. Um, and with it being so close, you know, you might get, you might get the coaches telling a couple of them to kind of wait and make it a big show. Uh, obviously we got Kyle Davis is one, Rochester's another one. Um, I think he was, uh, I think it's actually been said that Rochester might go within the next three weeks. Um, so he's one to, he's one to watch out for, for sure. Um, Harden, I mean, it it really just could be any of them. Right. Yeah, I did hear uh, on Field Street Forum in the Classic City chat there, uh, Dog and, and Beham said that we just got a crystal ball for McColl. I don't know if somebody's here. I'm not sure who it was, but. You know, there's some of the guys that you can kind of, if you're if you're seeing the, the crystal ball movement on there, you know, it's there's there's some good good things going on behind the scenes. So that's always a pretty good indication of what's going on. Oh yeah, yeah. I did have a uh, question from one of the guests in the chat. He was asking about Derek Brown again, but. He said, with the 20 articles 24-7 is putting out about Derrick Brown, what are you hearing? Um, we kind of touched on it earlier, but the good thing is, I, I, honestly, I, I really feel like it's a, there's not a whole lot of change in his mind. It's just a matter of, you know, he, he's just kind of wanting to open things up. Not necessarily open things up, but I don't see it as a a loss for Georgia or anything. I don't, I don't see it as a mark against Georgia with him doing this. He, he still says that Georgia is at the top. So, in my mind, it's just a matter of, you know, like you said, it was kind of a nice way for him to kind of let the other schools still feel like they've got a good chance, which allows him to take visits and get the full red carpet treatment when he goes on these visits, which may not be a great thing, you know, for, for Georgia fans, but for if you're the kid, you damn sure want to get, you know, you want to have all the, the best treatment and everything else when you go on your trip. So you don't want them to kind of shun you like some of these other schools do when there's a – if you bring a kid on, on campus and you know you don't have a chance in hell at bringing him into your program. Yep. I mean, no doubt. Like I said, I think you – I really do just think the kid was being polite. Doing a doing an interview, being polite, and kind of just going through the process. I mean, that's yeah. that's all he can do. Um, but I I think we know where he's going. <laughs> I think yeah, we yeah. know Derek Brown is going to school. But let's, um, let's just get all the other Georgia fans to realize that too, and uh, so we don't have any more Twitter beefs and everything going on. Mm-hmm. If that was if that was even a, a an actual Georgia, you know, you got to kind of watch. I, I don't know who it was or anything, but you always have to watch out for the the Twitter accounts when they have you know eight followers and sixteen tweets, you know, and they're all like negative 
to Georgia people and stuff, and they're supposed to be a true Georgia fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. You kind of have to see what's going on. Like I said, I don't know who it was, but it kind of makes me suspicious, to be completely honest. Um, well, speaking of Hardman, is there, there – I think there was some video that came out on him – was it earlier this week or last week? With him talking about was that that was his that was that's right that was his switch over to the to the army game. Um, what uh, Georgia still looks in fan. I mean, of course, we just mentioned the crystal ball, but Georgia still looks in fantastic shape for McColl right now, right? Oh yes, and it's with him. You know, I, I do think that I do think he can go anytime soon as well, but I mean, I think with McColl, his the biggest factor with him is, is it's just got to be his relationship with all these guys. He's probably one of the most personable recruits we got. Um, just a real likable kid. And he's got a lot of a lot of friends in high places if you will, as far as recruits that we're after. I mean, him and Demetrius Robertson are really, really close. Um Chad Clay, a uh, couple of other commits that are already committed. Um, so McColl's got a lot of close relationships with these kids um, that I think will also kind of play a big factor with him. Um, but if I had to guess, I mean, he's uh, he's kind of, how do I say it? I think he's... Uh, I'm not going to say he's all but committed, but I think he's definitely uh, doing his part to to steer the kid, the right kid at the Georgia, um, mm-hmm. and trying to set himself up to to play with his, you know, to play with his friends. So that that could be huge for us down the line. Right. Well, I remember we had him on the show a little while back. I need to try to repost some of the shows with our interviews and stuff, but just. Possibly, I mean, and I've said this, <laughs> it's kind of hard to designate the most fun and, and the, the the best interview that we've had or, or kid we've had on the show because there's all these kids are so different. But as far as being just a personable kid and, and you know, great personality, no, he just really seems to have a, a great head on his shoulders, man. That That is definitely McCole Hardman. Yeah, buddy. He's a five-star on and off the field, if I've ever seen one. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he hasn't got his fifth star yet. I know we've, <laughs> he's been championing that, that cause there for a little while now, get his fifth star. No doubt. Shall we uh, talk about our newest uh, member of the 2015 class. Yeah, go go ahead, man. We're talking about the uh, the wide receiver, the track star. We, I guess, I think he's going to be a member of the 2015 class, or I guess come in as a preferred walk on, if you will. Um, and I think he's getting track track money too. But uh, that's right. Yep. Kid can uh, kid can fly. <laughs> I mean, that's just putting it lightly. The mm-hmm. kid can absolutely fly. 
see him pull that up real quick. Yeah, that was a. Let's see, that was a that was that came out what, last week, I think, right? Yeah, I think there's been some updates to it recently. Uh, yeah, I think Jason actually posted an article on it too. Um, but uh, check his story out. It's definitely yeah. definitely a good looking prospect. Um, he's like six. Wasn't he like six three or something? Yeah, six three track star. I think he's. I want to say 100 meter champ. Um, but just a kid that you get for you get the right coaches with him and put some work in with him. I mean, just the the ceiling on him is is 20 feet high. It's just endless. Yeah, um, uh, six foot three, 200 pounds. Uh, Warren Warren Combs. Coombs is his mm-hmm. name from Greenbrier High School in Evans. Yep. Yeah, he'd already there in Augusta. Yeah. Wonder if uh, wonder if our, our buddy Roundtree had anything to do with him. Well, I will say I'm sure he uh, I'm sure he's friends with Roundtree, but I'll also yeah. say that uh, Lakeside Roundtree's high school. That's where right before Roundtree's senior year. Coach Troxler over there was the head coach at Lakeside. He left out of the blue and went to Greenbrier, which is one of their rivals right down the road. Right. Um, so he just blocked schools, and that's where Coombs came from. But, um, you know, kind of kind of hurt Lakeside a good bit, but still, um, it was uh, – that was kind of a, a nasty transition when it happened, and um, – but yeah, it's interesting that it's the same same football coach for he and Roundtree. Mhm. Yeah. Plus, a lot of times you see the track guys; they aren't. I mean, Nick Chubb aside, but a lot of times your track guys aren't exactly the you know the thickest guys. Six three two hundred. That's that's some that's some tonnage to go along with with a good good frame, man. Yes, sir. It sure is. You know, you think about guys like. Reggie Davis and Justice Scott Wesley. I mean, just sticks that can fly. <laughs> this kid, this kid's got some. He's got some mass. So, yeah, no, no question about it. He can, he can move. He's a, he's a big kid. He's got the frame for it. Like I said, if he gets the, he gets the proper coaching, just watch out. Mm-hmm. Um, he could, he could be a superstar. Yep. Um. Well, <laughs> too bad Jason's not on to to take this question, but uh, I've always got to ask about Nate Craig. We had a little issue come up. Story came out that he had uh, what, opened things up even more. Would kind of wanted to come visit Georgia, make sure he wanted to visit Georgia. This past was it this past week that article came out, I believe. I don't know. All I, the only reason I keep mentioning Nate Craig is because I know him and Eason have been had been chatting at one time or another, and I'm just pretty much counting on Eason to to pretty much pick and choose who he wants to come in with him to Georgia. You know, do you kind of get that same same sense? I mean, obviously the coaches are going to have the final say, but I think Eason's going to have a big big deal and big big part of the recruiting process for the the skill position guys. And the offensive line, we've already seen that too. <laughs> yeah, 
No question about it. Um, Jacob Eason says he wants that kid. You offer him. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty much that good. But, yeah, I mean, the kids are the Pied Piper of this class. I mean, you notice the second he flips to the Army game, all these guys start flipping the Army game. Right. Second he commits to Georgia, you know, a lot of the top prospects start looking at Georgia. Um, kind of the same thing as Big Trent did for us last year. Um, kind of helped ring in some of, some of our top targets down, you know, down the road towards signing day. I think, obviously, I don't think you've already seen how well um, or how much Easton's presence has had an effect on this class. It's just going to continue to get greater as the the process goes on. Um, But, you know, top kids want to play with top kids, and we got a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah. No doubt about it. Would uh, I know it's, it's been said that you know you'd have to have to bring his brother. Apparently, Nate Craig's brother is also. I guess is he in the same class as well. Same same age. Not sure about that one. Or is he younger? Maybe. Um, but that might be you know if it's this year, that's certainly not going to help Georgia standing because of the you know kind of limited numbers that they have right now coming into the season or into the recruiting class because they're going to be tight with getting, you know, 25, 26, it seems like. So you don't really have a lot of room for taking some flyers on some players or or chances on some players that you think could maybe either, A, gain you another player or or solidify another player or still help your program in, in, in the meantime. Oh, yeah. It would be it would be nice to have the number one quarterback to have the number one receiver to go to, but I will certainly certainly don't want to. I don't think it would scare off anybody, but I'm certainly content with you know Robertson and uh, Darian Anderson right now, and all the recruits that we have, either in oh, yeah. in the fold or potentially in the fold. There's no shortage of talent at the any of the athlete positions, receivers or defensive backs. I mean, they're they're everywhere, um, yeah. and some really good ones. I'll tell you, if we could pull Robertson and you know a guy like that, I mean, really could potentially end up being the deepest and best we've been at wide receiver in a long time. And I fully expect us to get a lot of our a lot of our top targets at receiver just because of the fact we got Jacob Eason. Um, right. That's, you know, that's a, that's a huge factor. You got, I think in the past, we were seen more as a school that, you know, like to throw the ball with more, more of a balanced offense. And then it's interesting the last two, three years, we've been more, more relied more heavily on the run game and kind of featured the run game a lot more. Um, It'll be interesting to see now that we got some of these stud wide receivers that, that are coming in here, if one or two of them will step up and and kind of kind of take the reins a little bit and take some of the spotlight off Chubb. Um, we we could see some some really really good ones um, with the class we had last year, and then you throw in a guy like a couple guys like we got right now in the 16 class there will be no shortage of targets to, to go around. 
Right. Tell me, do you know a little bit about um, the Darren Anderson kid? I mean, to me, does he not seem like kind of like a forgotten man right now? I mean, the kid's a four-star receiver, six, what, he's six, two, six, three already. Do you know a little bit about him that you can kind of share with, with the audience right now about his thought? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot with him, but I just, he just kind of reminded me. I just It just seems like he kind of doesn't get mentioned a whole lot, you know? No, he definitely does not. Um, and, you know, obviously we've got a lot of kids on our board that are a little bit, obviously a little bit more, a little higher up, if you will, um, that we're after. And a lot of these, a lot of these top athletes that have not committed yet. Um, but yeah, him and a guy like uh, uh, Tyreek McGee. I mean, he gets kind of overlooked a little bit. Um, but I think they're both two that kind of have an impact on this class as well. McGee's been very vocal about bringing kids to Georgia with him. Anderson's another that that I think is kind of the same way. Um, but you know, they it's it's going to happen when you've got a kid that commits kind of early and mm-hmm. is, uh, I guess, um, not the not the five stars that we're after, but right. Yeah, I mean he's a you know he's a four star kid out of out of Houston County, six uh, one, hundred seventy pounds. It says a four five eight forty. I mean that's you know you don't get to be a four star receiver and and be a slouch. You know what I'm saying? I mean it just kind of is surprising to me how he just doesn't get mentioned as much. Like you said, there's Seems like there's other guys, maybe others rated higher, that just kind of tend to get the focus. It seems like, and like you said, since he already committed, you know, I know the recruiting guys don't really like to say that they drop or or don't talk about guys as much, but it sure seems to be the case. <laughs> it does. They just don't get the the notice and, and attention that that the non-committed kids get. Now you're right. Um, I don't know. I think the kid could. Uh, I think he's a little bit, a little short. He he could be, and I, I might get roasted for saying this, but he might be one of the maybe a kid that gets on campus and Pruitt might take a look at. You never know. Um, yeah. He likes his wide receivers, but turn defensive backs just because he likes you know, he likes to get hands on. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anderson. Potentially be a candidate for that, um, but I think he's a I think he's a great player. I think he's got a chance to come in here and compete. But that said, we do have others higher on the board right now, and we're going to do everything in our power to get them all. Yeah, he, he's. You know, I, just as you were saying that, I was I started thinking he may be. Um, a candidate for Pruitt, you know, if just because of, you know, what we were talking about before and, and remember Roddy that last week when we had Roddy Nabolsi on from uh, from UGA Rivals, talking about how Pruitt loves to get those kids that know what to do with the with the football when they get their hands on it. <laughs> how he would freak out on, on Aaron Davis and on, uh, I mean, I've seen him get after uh, – Bowman several times as well for 
for not not catching, not not finishing off an interception. You know, he would always have it right in his hands, and they would, like he said, it would seem like it was always right in front of Coach Pruitt. <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, but yeah, if he can get kids with with ball skills on the defensive side, you know, he loves that. Um, another thing that that it came to mind, um, and also. One of our guys in the chat mentioned it as well. Is the story on B.J. Emmons. It's kind of long been thought that maybe he, I don't know, that he's maybe certainly at, at best a soft commit for Georgia right now. Um, and then the article came out, I guess it was yesterday, about him really, really liking getting a, an offer from Alabama. But it's kind of long been thought that there were some potential hang-ups there with, with his commitment to Georgia or uh, maybe even possibly some academic issues where he's not, you know, may not be able to get into get into college right away. He's got a little bit of time, but it sounds like from everything I've heard, he's got a, some work to do in that area as well. Have you heard anything extra on on Emmons that you can add to that? Uh, I think he had some, what was it, some classes maybe, something like that, that he was, that he had to make up or was something with his, I guess it was like the number of hours he had or something like that. But um, I think we, I think they finally did get confirmation that he was either able to, retake those or make those up um, and he'd be good to go at that point. Um, and then, yeah, he, he gets an offer from Bama as well. I mean, the kid's, the kid's a heck of a player. Um, right. Big time running back. I, I do think we're looking to take at least one you know, feature type back in this class. Mm-hmm. He could be the guy if he gets, you know, if he gets everything straightened up. He's had, like you said, he's had, he's had his issues in the past. I mean, you got to kind of ask yourself, can you trust the kid? Um, but if he if he answers all those questions, he does what he's supposed to, and he you know he kind of checks all the boxes. Then, I mean, he could potentially be a really good you know good pickup for us. But right. um, I, I do think I do think some of this stuff with him was a little bit overblown. Um, but it it definitely has been a kind of a weird commitment ever you know ever since he did commit um it's kind of been it's kind of been like is he committed or isn't he isn't he committed is he committed isn't he committed um so yeah it'll be one to watch i mean either way i mean i really do hope we get the kid i like what i see and um you know continue to stay on him and continue to keep up with him but uh he he's definitely on a short leash if you will um Mm -hmm. and there's some other guys that that I mean could potentially be I don't want to say that it, it kind of seems like we've not that we've moved on in any in any way shape or form but it does seem like we're going after we're talking to um some more some more top running backs in this class that maybe we weren't 6 months ago um I'd really 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 like to see us get back on Holyfield um I think yeah he, I really do think he's the best, and I've said this for a year now, I think he's the best running back in the state. 
And I'm not backing down on that comment. The kid is the kid is the real deal. And hey, if Georgia were to get on him, yeah, <laughs> if Georgia were to get on him and stay on him, I think you know, I think we could do some damage. Um, but that kid's he's one I want for sure. Right. Yeah, did you did you mean the the real deal on that? Were you were you thinking about that or? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, I was just about to ask you about him. If if it seemed like Georgia kind of opened things back up with him again a little more, a little more conversation between the two sides, maybe. Um, who else would be? Uh, is there another running back? Um, I guess we're, you know, as soon as Thomas Brown came from Wisconsin down to Georgia, you know, back as a coach, the automatic thought was, okay, well, here comes Antonio Williams. Um, And that just, nothing seems to have come to fruition there so far. Have you you heard any any different on that? Or is there any thought to even be concerned about that or just worry about kids closer to home? I think kids close to the home. We've got a couple. Uh, I think there's one in Florida. I can't remember his name. Uh, and then there's there's quite a few in the state. Um, and there's Feaster, obviously. We haven't given up on him. Um, so yeah, there's a, there's probably five or six serious running back targets that we're looking at right now, and are kind of flirting with, if you will. Yeah. But um, you know, I I think it. I think they're all kind of. Maybe we take BJ and one more, so kind of keeping our options open, if you will. But we're going to get who we want. I mean, at the running back position, we will get who we want. Right. And one of them is going to stand out from the back this senior year and is really going to cement themselves as the, you know, as the elite running back in this class. And once we kind of see that, I do believe we're going to jump all over them. Right. I think I think Thomas Brown's a, a great recruiter. Nothing better than having him and B Mac on the same staff. And it it's really the pick of pick of the litter there, um in a sense. You know, uh I kinda of found it interesting here and I've I've seen a lot from, from Feaster, the the Clemson running back commit. Kind of mentioning a lot of these same kids that are running in the same circles so far. Have you have you kind of noticed that? I mean, he's I know he's pretty he's good friends with what Hardman and um, Clay and all those guys. He and you you just brought him up just now, but he's also going to the Army All American game too. He's another participant in that. I mean, I. I You'd have to probably have a pretty low chances, but you get all those Georgia commits together in San Antonio for the Army game. Have him. It's, I know he certainly has an invite to Dog Night, but do you think he's going to take the offer to to come visit for Dog Night? Get all those kids there. Is it? Yeah, man. I, I think he will. Chance, yeah, I think he will. I think uh, I think he's one we were on really early. Um, right. Right. And that, that relationship we built early on could could come back to pay dividends, but I do think you're right about the relationships he has um, with a lot of these kids. And you know, the more that the more they camp together, play together, are around each other, um, the idea of 
being together in college kind of, you know, kind of starts to to weigh on a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, you, if I was a top running back looking at another another SEC school or a another um, another school that Georgia might play, for instance, like an ACC school, and I was in an All Star game. And I was having to try and run the ball on Julian Rochester, Derek Brown, Atwan Jackson, and those guys. I don't think I'd want to do that very long. I'd probably want to be on the same team as those guys. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think I think our our recruiting presence at these at these camps and stuff will really really pay off for us um, down the road. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, he's one I've kind of kept an eye on, man. With even though I know he committed early, and a lot of people are saying he's locked up to Clemson and Hip Tay yeah, and all that. We're not stuff. we're not giving up on Feaster at all. No. The uh, the other kid was Phil's aim is the guy's name, the Florida kid I was talking about. Oh um, yeah, yeah. That's the other one. But he's definitely he's definitely got his eye on us. That's for sure. Well, who the hell wouldn't if you're a running back? My God. Well, yeah. Hey, look at the guys that the success that guys have had before you, and also look at the offensive lineman that you're bringing in, and the quarterback to go along with it, with the receivers to go with it. I mean, it's a running back would be a moron not to want to have Georgia in their top two or three, most likely. Exactly. I'm with you. How uh? Then that – what about, uh, you know, we had the, I guess, the coaches' meetings down in Destin. Was it Destin, Florida this year? Where they all yeah. met up. And I did see Georgia's got a proposal on the on the board. I guess it's going to go up for a vote on Friday. Um, it's going to ban transfers for those dismissed at previous school for assault or domestic violence. I mean, they may as well call this the <laughs> Jonathan Taylor vote here or law, but um, but I did see Emerson tweeted out later that uh, as it stands now, Georgia's proposal has been whittled, whittled down to only include uh, graduate transfers. So wouldn't really have the full front that, that people would think that the rule would be, but I yeah, guess thanks. it certainly is a step in the right direction, <laughs> but come on, man. I mean, just because somebody graduated, you don't want to let them transfer because they have a domestic violence charge or... or... <laughs> so that really that really helps a lot. Yeah, yeah, that, that whittles, yeah, that knocks it down to what, one every 18 years now that that would probably apply <laughs> to. <laughs> I mean, geez, yeah. Oh yeah. So I mean, I guess it's it's a step in the right direction, but it's a, it's certainly a a baby step for God's sake. Um, but it will be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, I think it, I think it's so constricted now that I think any coach that doesn't vote for it is going to look like. <laughs> It's like one of Hitler's spawn or something if they don't vote for it. I mean, 
Right. Um, I mean, even even Saban would have to say, okay, I, I don't see any reason not to vote for this. Uh, <laughs> I think I think know. everybody but Gus will vote yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because most they they probably don't take too many graduates anyway. Getting into Auburn, uh, <laughs> how uh, what, what do you what do you think on uh, on the uniformity issue that that came up? Do you feel like the Power Five should all? I mean, I think it probably makes a lot of sense for everybody to abide by the same set of rules. I would think. I mean, are you are you for that? Do you feel like they should have the leeway to to kind of adjust the rules as they as the, each conference sees fit? What what are your thoughts on that? It's tough to do. Um, I think the conference probably yeah should have a little bit more uniformity. I would not, you know, you can't do it on a national level, obviously. Um, but you know, you never know. It's you got schools like Vanderbilt and others that could could potentially find and have loopholes within the systems, things like that. I mean, it really is kind of up to the schools to kind of govern themselves, and probably should be. Um, it's it's a tricky tr- a tricky topic. I think when it comes down to discipline and when it comes to things like you know, drug offenses, stuff like that, I do think there should be uniformity. Um, yeah. But as far as, you know, what you do with your own players, that that's kind of school by school. Right. I mean, I don't see any reason it kind of came out that the, the Everett Golson deal with the – if a player had a academic issue at a previous school, he wouldn't be allowed to transfer into the SEC. I mean, it seems like that should have been – I feel like that should have kind of gone by the wayside since the kid did graduate from Notre Dame. I mean, whether we like him or not, it is a, a you know a prestigious university, and if he's able to go ahead and graduate in his in his time in South Bend, I think that should probably supersede the uh, any academic issues he may have had before that, wouldn't you think? Yeah, man, I, I do, I do, I do. I mean, just it's, uh, it, you know, it's tricky. Every conference is different, but at the same time, it's it should be kind of. I don't. Know, I guess I can see both sides of it. Um, yeah, I think you almost have to use. I mean, you almost have. To, look at things on a case-by-case basis because it's so hard to just say make blanket statements where okay, no kid that has academic issues will be allowed to transfer in. Okay, well, all right. Well, he did graduate from the school and everything. He already got his degree, four-year degree, so how is that any different than just a regular graduate transfer coming in, you know? Um You've got that issue. You've got uh, how can you not allow a kid to come in that had an academic issue to transfer into the SEC, but a kid that 
had more than one domestic assault charge is allowed to transfer back into the SEC. You know, I mean, it's you would think that some common sense and some morals would come into play, but it's it's football. I mean, it's just it's part of it. It's just right. part of the game. It's going to be completely backwards, kind of no matter where you go. And it is, it's got to be on a case by case basis. Nobody's yeah. the same. Um, so, it, it, tricky subject, tricky thing to police, and just, I don't know. I just kind of have to hope everything, they kind of work out. Yeah. They're kinda different. And kind of put the kids together the best, you know. The kids' yep. best interest at, at the at, ahead of everything else, hopefully. Exactly. Um, well, I had a uh, one other thing before we we head out. I don't, you know, we can we can talk however long you want, but that Saturday down south released their all-time Georgia team. Did you get the chance to see that? No, I did not. Well. Let me let me run through it real quick, and and you tell me if there's anybody that if you agree or disagree, or and if if you do disagree, who who would be your changes? You want offense or defense first, or special teams? Which one you want? <laughs> I don't care, brother. <laughs> go uh, go offense. We'll go offense. All right, offensive line, all-time Georgia team. Offensive line: David Andrews, John Stinchcomb. Max Gene Gillis, Pat Dye, and Matt Stinchcomb. Tight end, got Randy McMichael. Got A.J. Green. Terrence Edwards. Quarterback, Aaron Murray. Running back, Herschel Walker. And running back, Frank Sinkwich. Now, any any major disagreements there? Or? Uh, I mean, I think they uh, omitted quite a few that I would have probably put on there. But yeah, I mean, no, no champ, no, no Hines, no, no, no Sean, no. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could go on for on for days. Did you say David Green? No, it was Aaron Murray no, was their quarterback. No, David Green. Um, I guess it. You know, you can't you can't put them all in there, obviously, but still, right? Yeah, it's um, that's tough when you have to narrow it down to just the you know just the ones that would make the I guess the depth chart, if you will. Mhm. I mean, yeah, you, I think you would. But what about uh, quarterback for me? I mean, I love Aaron Murray. Don't get me wrong. Maybe because he stayed all four years. Maybe that applied to their their chain of thought, train of thought, whatever. But would you? I mean, would you take Murray over Stafford as a quarterback? Mm. I mean, it, we're just talking, not necessarily. 
you know, Jim Rat mentality kind of scenario, just, you know, comparing the two quarterbacks themselves? No, as far as talent, not yeah. at all. Um, yeah. As far as... Not not <laughs> demeanor, not attitude, <laughs> right. that kind of thing. <laughs> right, exactly. Trust me, I, I know Stafford was probably one of the... His his whole demeanor and, and setup, I love the kid because he's a, he was a dog, but he sometimes left a little bit to be desired in the maybe the leadership category, but oh yeah, yeah. I think I think Murray uh, Murray was a you know he he went out and won games. I mean he put the team on his back a few times and right. did what he did. Um, Stafford didn't really do that as much, but what, what, to be honest with you, I'd probably take David Green over just about any of them. Just well, I was just about of, to say put. You could put David Green, you make an argument for David Green, you make an argument for Eric Zier. Yeah. And what about Fran Tarkington? I mean, I know that's mm-hmm. going old, old school, but. Yep. I mean, he's an NFL Hall of Famer, for God's sake. Exactly. Um, so, I, you know, I guess you could kind of combine the the whole scenario of, of staying four years, what he meant to the program, maybe, with Aaron Murray. You know, you. I think that one's certainly arguable, but I can see their point. Partial, there's no debate. Uh, Sinkwich, our other Heisman winner, you know, I know some people would think Gurley would be a possibility. I know some people think maybe Garrison Hurst. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if Noshon would – I don't know if Noshon had enough years to be an all-time great. No, but no, certainly no. would be on the team. Yeah, he'd definitely be an alternate. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's much argument with with Sinkwich as well being your other, other Heisman guy. Uh, AJ Green and granted, this is wide receiver one and wide receiver two. They had Terrence Edwards at wide receiver one, so I don't know if whether if they're saying that's their top choice at receiver in Georgia history. I know he's got a lot of the records, if not most of them, but I mean. Mm, yeah, no. You can't talk Georgia wide receivers without mentioning AJ Green, without mentioning Heinz Ward. Uh, I love Terrence Edwards and, and was a damn good dog, but I don't know. Do you, how do you leave Heinz Ward off the team? I don't. I really don't. <laughs> I think he's uh, probably. Uh, it was probably written by someone who's not a Georgia fan. <laughs> Right, yeah. It is what it is. Tight end, I kind of of wondered about, too, with uh, Randy McMichael. You know, Randy McMichael's a great, but do you – I don't know. Watson could be up there. Yeah, Watson. uh, I don't know. Clarence K, I mean, I know that's going a ways back, and he wasn't necessarily a huge passing threat, but he was a hell of a tight end. Yeah. Um, I guess McMichael's okay. What about your offensive line? Are you you in agreement with the Stinchcomb brothers, David Andrews, Pat Dye, and Max Gene Gillis? Mm. I don't know about that one. Um 
sock would be better suited for this, or maybe even Jason. Yeah, I know, right. <laughs> uh-huh. I would say, uh, you know, Ben Jones, maybe, uh, uh, Cordy, uh, Gene Gillis, I mean, to me, didn't didn't play enough to be the the top guy or maybe be on that list. I mean, I don't know. Um, offensive line's kind of tricky for me. Yeah. Yeah, Cordy Glenn would have been a, a, a great addition. Um, what about, uh, oh, shoot, his name, the big kid that was drafted by the Eagles, Bernard uh, from the 90s? Crap. Uh, is it Bernard Williams? Isn't that right? I think so. I, think I mean, he was correct. He was a prototype left tackle, for God's sake, man. I mean, he had his talent upon talent. I don't know if, if you can leave him on. He was a what a money a multi time. Hold on, let me look it up. I, I could have sworn he was almost a multi time, at least all conference, if not all American. I believe you're right about that one. Unfortunately, I do not have my computer in front of me tonight. Yeah, I'm looking it up. And I should probably put more thought into this other than just... I'll tell you, the best all-time list I've seen in a while, I think it was... I want to say it was Dean Lady, but... um. It was one of it wasn't one of the two four seven guys. It was either it was either a rivals guy or a or a dog post guy. But um I think they did it was a series on the greatest dogs to ever wear, the number and it would go it went one through ninety nine. You remember seeing that? They did yeah. a couple yeah, maybe a couple of years ago. And it, they the did a pretty good job on that one. Yeah, went went by jersey number, best to wear ever mm-hmm. wear the jersey. Yeah, I think that was a pretty good list. Um, you find him yet, bro? Yeah, yeah, he was on there uh, from ninety to ninety three. Um. So, I don't know. He, I think you'd have to consider him for sure. No doubt. Um, all right. Slide over to the defense. Of course, David Pollock, Bill Stanfield, Richard Seymour, Freddie Gilbert are your defensive line. Jarvis huh? Jones. Huh? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> all right. Jarvis Jones, Boss Bailey, Ben Zambiasi, Terry Hogue, Champ Bailey, Jake Scott, and John Little are your secondary. Let's say that one more time. All right. David Pollock, Bill Stanfield, I guess we're running a 4-3, uh, Richard Seymour, and Freddie Gilbert. That's your D-line. Okay. Jarvis Jones, Boss Bailey, and Ben Zambiasi. I'm guessing that's... I'm 
pronouncing that right. Uh, your secondary, Terry Hogue, Champ Bailey, Jake Scott, and John Little. Kind of right. safety-focused safety in the secondary, but... Um, yeah, I don't know how they leave Thomas Davis off that one. I mean, Jake Scott, yes. Um, right. Champ, Champ, Court. Champ, yes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Terry O. Yeah. certainly should be on there, and I, I agree. I love John Little too, man. He was he was the enfor- he was like a John Lynch before John Lynch. I don't know if mm-hmm. as many guys remember him as much, but um, but yeah, I mean Thomas Davis, uh, Greg Blue, Rashad Jones. Greg Blue. Greg Blue. Yes, sir. Um, you could even you could even make a case for Ogletree. I don't know if uh, he's no, technically say, Alec in the secondary. Yep. Yeah, because I mean that was the name that that jumped out of me is Ogletree not being on there. And I, maybe I'm not as familiar with. I know the name obviously, but I don't. I I, I don't know. Zambiasi is just. It didn't jump out at me. I know he's a he's an all time great, but I don't know how you can leave Alec Ogletree off the team. Right. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> what about? Yeah, uh, maybe, I can't believe Gino was left off the defensive line. Yeah. Gino. Uh, or Seymour was on there, but uh, Marcus Stroud not being on the team. Oh my God. Uh, I mean, there's so many divas of linemen. Yes. Eddie Weaver. Mm-hmm. Stanfield, I got you know, you can see Pollock and Stanfield. And, I mean, you, you can make a case for all four, obviously, but you can also make a case for about about four or five others, too, to be on the all-time team. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you got the who, Houston didn't make it. No Clemens, no uh, none of the Geethers brothers. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, you could make a case going all the way back. Um, a bunch of Golston. What about uh, Ben, uh, the cornerback? Ben Smith. Ben Smith, man. Yeah. No doubt. It's a uh that's a tough list to make. Like I said, you got so little spots to spots to fill. Um you know, you just kinda gotta pick one at that point. Right. Bakari Rambo would would did his off the field stuff maybe hurt him his possibilities? I mean Yeah, probably. Probably so. Interceptions in a season leaders, Terry Hogue, Jake Scott, Ben Smith, Jeff Sanchez. About to say Sanchez, yep. Jeff Hip. Can't forget old Eli Marici. In 1948, he had eight interceptions. (laughs) (laughs) Again, we'll have to ask Sock about him, man. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> he's, a, he's a guy from 1980, 1981. Was, I know Sanchez wasn't there in 80. Um, 
we had one really good defensive back in eighty. But what I'm trying name escapes me at the moment. Was it Warner? Um, Might have been Scott, yeah. Scott Warner, yeah. Yep. Um Yep, so yeah, I mean Yeah, that was interceptions in a now interceptions over a career it was Jake Scott and Bakari Rambo both had sixteen. Yep. Jeff Hip had fourteen total. Terry Hogue had fourteen. Scott Warner had thirteen. Jeff Sanchez had thirteen. Ben Smith thirteen. And your boy Kirby Smart, man. Yep. Yeah. You, you can't count can him. Say, uh, can we say old uh, old Must Champ too? <laughs> <laughs> I think you actually have to tackle to be considered one of the all-time greats. So that that rules That's out true. Kirby Smart right there. That's true. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting just to keep an eye on. Special teams, Drew Butler at punter, Kevin Butler at kicker. Brandon Boykin is your return specialist. Okay. Not too, too bad. Not too, too bad. I don't yeah. know. Uh, maybe. I mean, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you put Champ ahead of Boykin in that in that category? Uh, I guess they figure he's already in the secondary. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. But what about uh? Would could Gurley have been in the in the uh, return specialist category? I would think so. I would definitely think so. I mean, the guy had two 100-yard kickoff returns in his career and should have probably had four or five. Um, yeah. Yeah, you could definitely make a case. I think he was the most imposing special teams player we've ever had. Yeah, no doubt. Should have had one in the Auburn game, except for the phantom holding call on that. But. Yep. Anyway... I think uh, I think before it's all said and done, McKenzie might crack that list. Yeah, no kidding. He uh, he's certainly got the the speed and the quickness to, and sh- has shown a, a knack for just making great plays. No doubt about it. Well, man, I tell you what, if uh, unless you got some other info or news you want to share with us, man, I think we can shut her down for tonight if you want. Try to grab another. Try to get another guest maybe for next week and see what we can do. If you got anybody lined up, let me know. If not, I'll, I'll try to grab some as well. No doubt. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll set get something us, up. Yeah, get us somebody get on here. For sure. Um, I think I had a one of the Archer boys was talking to me this week, so might set something up with maybe him and one of his one of his uh, Archer teammates. So see if we can hook that up in the next coming weeks. Keep an ear out. And yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Got to get that pipeline from Archer to Athens and from. Archer to Field Street Forum Radio, man. 
<laughs> there you go. We'll take them a teacher one while we're at it, too. <laughs> Amen. Tell tell Jason to stop slacking around and being so lazy, and maybe he can get on the show next time. I know, really. (laughs) He likes to hear himself talk. Oh, man. He probably can't talk from all that hooping and hollering he's doing for the Cleveland Cavaliers, for God's sake. Oh, Lord, I know. What a a traitor to the South for God cheering for Cleveland. I agree. I agree. Yep, saying all the He just, you got to know the guy's personality, but he just would be a LeBron fan. I mean, no, <laughs> no question about it. It suits him perfectly. He uh, had to tell him to shut his whore mouth finally when he kept saying "go Cavs" all the time. <laughs> <laughs> No doubt, no doubt. Well, I, I think we all kind of saw that one coming anyways. But yeah. Hawks, Hawks definitely impressed this year. I mean, making it into the, I guess, the final four, if you will, of the NBA is uh, it's kind of an accomplishment considering where they've been the last few years. So, yeah. I mean, hats off to the job they did. But Yeah. You gotta, I mean, you, you got to maintain. Me, if you'd have told me before the year that the Hawks would win 60 games and Make the Eastern Conference Finals. I would have been, I would have been happy with that. So, yeah, I'd have told you to eat your hat. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, Jay- Jason's calling in. Hold on one second. Uh oh. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate your input tonight. Uh, was that a was that a transplant from the Fine Bomb show? That <laughs> was Jason talking about LeBron James. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. Enough guy larking, as my grandma used to say. Um, but uh, yeah, everybody, tune in next week. I'll shoot out a replay of this. For everybody who wants to listen to us blabbering again for an hour and a half, <laughs> yes, we have some nice little nuggets on there, though. Um, but I'll shoot out the replay uh, in a little little bit. Everybody share it with their friends. We'll uh, hit y'all up next Wednesday, and hope to have some more some more interviews for you guys to check out and, and listen to as well. So, but let everybody know about the show if you're everybody's listening. Share it on Facebook, on Twitter, Field Street Forum, or you can follow my Twitter or Facebook at the Real Dre. And what's your uh, what's your Twitter there, Brooks? It's uh, at Mike underscore Brooks fourteen. All right. Sounds good, brother. Appreciate you coming on tonight. And, yeah, man, I enjoyed it. Uh, all right. Hit us up next week. I'll hurt you later. Go dogs. Do it. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.